Hey there, and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Woohoo! So this is a weekly podcast where each week we talk about uh, a new movie that's playing in theaters, and we just kind of break it down, uh, you know, whether we liked it or, or not, and whether it would make uh, for a good date movie. A movie to take your significant other, or maybe a movie to take... Your family, too. Your family too, or someone that you're on a first date with, someone that you're looking to break the ice with. So today we're talking about First Man. This is the new movie directed by Damien Chazelle. It stars Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. It's gotten pretty good reviews. It's got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. So critics, critics are digging it. You know, judging by this weekend's box office, it seems like maybe general audiences are a little less enthusiastic. But before we get into First Man, let's talk about the previous films Damien Chazelle has made. Starting with Whiplash, that's actually not even his first movie. He made a low-budget movie before that called Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, which is also, I think, a, a musical. Like, this is before La La Land. I think he tried to do a low-budget musical. I'm sort of ignorant on this. I haven't seen this movie. So we're, we're going to start with Whiplash, which is his first big breakthrough. That was an Oscar winner. Critics love that. So, Ashley, what did you think of Whiplash? When that I, I really loved Whiplash. I mean, I felt like Miles Teller really did a great job. And who who's the the older guy? J.K. Simmons. He yeah. won. He won an Oscar for that. He performance. did fantastic, and He's I, great. I could I could relate to that. You know, I was a competitive dancer and, and competitive cheerleader, and and knowing coaches and knowing. Um, people that pushed their athletes or to to the breaking point, really. Right. Um, and it. But this wasn't about an athlete. This was about a creative person who's trying to drum. But he wants to be the best drummer out there. Okay. So you you have to be pushed. People have to be pushed. Right. In order to be the best, because somebody else is going to take that that trophy <laughs> and, and is pushing just as hard. I guess just quick, I'll give my thoughts on Whiplash. I, I was kind of in the minority um, in that I didn't really buy the central conflict between Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, uh, mainly because J.K. Simmons is so obviously a psychopath. Like, from the early scenes, you know this guy is dangerous. You know, as bad as I may want something or some sort of, like, career accomplishment, I don't think anything is worth the psychological and also physical abuse that J.K. Simmons threw at these kids. So for, to, to me, that didn't make sense. I mean, I do like J.K. Simmons' performance. I mean, he's on fire in that movie. He's a lot of fun to watch. But this isn't the guy you would want to, like, be in an actual room with. <laughs> this character, would you? I mean, he's throwing things at you. Like, if I was, if I was studying under, like, Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg, and then all of a sudden they start throwing cameras at me, I'm <laughs> gone. I'm not sitting through that. That's abuse. And I would I'm spread sure the word. I would be like, this would. guy's fucking crazy. You know, I, I'm sure you probably would. Yeah. I mean, that you would probably stay there and take it. What, having camera, not, not, having I, cameras thrown at my head? Not camera thrown at And he your gets head. in my face. He's like, I'm going to fuck you like a pig. That's what happens in this movie. <laughs> he throws a symbol at Miles Teller's head. Well, a symbol's a little different than a camera. Like, come on. A symbol, symbol. a symbol can decapitate you. 
If you throw it, yeah, if you throw it at the right <laughs> angle, that can cut your head off. A camera can just knock you out. But Whiplash was raw, it was gritty, it was an actor's showpiece. I wouldn't say the the story is okay, but really the the actors really brought their A game. Yeah. On that movie. Yeah, that's hard to deny. I mean, they're both uh, JK especially really great. Now, La La Land. Yeah. On the other hand, we're opposite on. I thought La La Land was serving the almighty Hollywood and just self-serving, you know, their dreams and. All of these things, like I didn't really, I didn't really connect with it. The singing and you know all that was great, and I usually love musicals. Um, you do love musicals, but, more than me. Yeah, yeah. But after seeing Star Is Born last week and seeing the musical chops on that versus LA, uh, La La Land, I'm. It's you you weren't impressed with their singing. Uh uh No. Not at all. <laughs> No boy. But what about like the you know the dancing and the actual like um, choreography of all those dance numbers? I mean, the first opening scene was awesome. I, I mean, guess it kind of peters out. Yeah. Like the, there's less and less music as it goes. I, I didn't necessarily um, gravitate towards that. I just thought it was just really self-serving to Hollywood, and Hollywood obviously falls head over heels in love with something that makes them look good. So, <laughs> I'm just... It is, yeah, it, it's definitely um, like an unabashed ode to uh, kind of classic Hollywood. Yeah. And it, it, in that sense, the musical that it puts on is kind of appropriate for the era that it's uh, trying to yeah. emulate. But I, I I was a fan of La La Land. And, you know, I think there's a reason that it struck a chord with, like, so many, so many other people. She's giving me the crying face. <laughs> To me, it resonated just as kind of a tribute to uh, creative types who go to Los Angeles, go to New York, go to wherever to pursue their dreams and it, just kind of the sacrifices and the tolls that it takes. And the movie seemed pretty affectionate and honest along that theme. And it kind of played that. That was the theme that kind of like it, I followed to the end and it, it paid off in a satisfying way. Well, for me, I thought it was sad. I mean, the fact that the, the main characters don't end up together at yeah. the end. It, there's like, a bittersweet it, quality, it was, yeah. It was sad to me. Like, I wanted to see. Maybe I would have liked it a little bit better if they got together in the end. Right. Instead of, you know. If they, they chose they, each other instead of their dreams. Well, well, I mean, you could have chosen both. Why not choose both? And I, I don't understand that concept. Because you can choose both. Right. I don't understand why it's got to be one or the other. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I mean, another good thing that movie had going for it was the chemistry between Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. Emma Stone was pretty great in that. Those are two just really expressive performances. I mean, Ryan Gosling, he's not always that charismatic. Sometimes he kind of goes inward, he dials it down. But in that movie, he, he brought the charm. what we just saw last night. That's <laughs> kind of a segue into, <laughs> into tonight's movie, which is uh, First Man which is uh, Damien Chazelle's follow-up to La La Land. So yeah, I guess with all that lead up, what um, what did you think of First Man? I thought it was a turkey. <laughs> First of all, you don't want to go to this movie if you've got motion sickness issues. The director really doesn't know what a tripod is. <laughs> and we saw this in IMAX, I yeah. guess we should say, yeah. And I, I just felt like the the director just really couldn't still the camera. And I understand, you know, the the space shots fine 
But when you're in a house and you can't, <laughs> you know, still the camera and you've got, you know, you're really close up on, you know, all this of the actors' can't. faces <laughs> and there's no wide shots or establishing shots whatsoever in this movie, I really just thought it was a turkey. I also thought that Claire Foy and Ryan Gosling kind of phoned it in. Like, they didn't... I mean, maybe that's how, you know, the, the real character was. Maybe Apparently, that's how... Neil, Neil Armstrong was... Stoic? Well, just uh, kind of press shy. He didn't give a lot of interviews. That's uh, that's as far as I know. So it may it might be accurate. Uh, yeah, but he, I, mean, I mean, Ryan Gosling showed absolutely no emotion... No. <laughs> ...at all through this entire thing. I mean, outside of him crying on the moon... And, and he cries in the beginning, too. Yeah. His, his well, one dies. time. He cries one time when his daughter died. And then he cries again on the moon. <laughs> and, and he tosses his daughter's bracelet into, like, this crater. I guess that was that was a touching moment. But, I mean, <laughs> everything... Did you, did you cry? No. Okay. Everything else was just... It was poor. I, I was so disappointed. I really wanted the. I mean, I'm a big fan of Ryan Gosling. Sure. I'm a big fan of Claire. I mean, I'm excited to. See. You watch The Crown. Well, yeah. yeah. I really love her in The Crown, and I'm, I'm excited to see what the girl with the not the dragon tattoo, but what's the, in the, the, in spider the spider's web. web? Yeah. I'm excited to see her in that. I think she's going to be really good in that. Yeah. Um, but this movie just made her like kind of ugly. <laughs> I know it sounds awful. It's just she's so pretty, but they when the really camera is jammed in. When the camera's jammed in that tight, and you know, like it's wobbling, like to and fro, it's like it. It's hard to make anyone yeah, look but, good. But Ryan Gosling, I mean, he's made to look good, while right. she isn't. Like right. I, I don't like that. I don't like the the lack of presentation right. on her character. I mean, maybe that's how she was in real life. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there anything that you did like from the movie? Was there anything that satisfied or lived up to expectations? Or was it just a total, like, across-the-board disappointment? I would say that it was kind of a disappointment across the board. I mean, I would normally say the acting was fine, the story's fine, but, like, I, I really didn't like any of that. Like, he showed no emotion when his friends got killed. Right. I mean, in the this, the shuttle missions before him, he just phoned it in. And the movie, the movie has a pretty good supporting cast. Did you feel like any of the supporting actors gave memorable performances? Yeah, um, who was the the guy who... The guy from Planet of the Apes. Yes. Yes, I liked him. What's his name? I'm looking at... <laughs> <laughs> I should know this. Oh, man. No, I mean, like, this, this movie is just... We saw an IMAX. What did you think of it being filmed in IMAX? And what did you think of... The actor's name is Jason Clark. Jason Clark, and he's, yes. yeah, he he's great. He's great. I thought he was one of the best. I mean, he didn't. He's a good actor. He didn't like Ryan Gosling's character Neil Armstrong at the beginning, and then they became best friends. Right. And then he died. Right. Like that's how I felt about this movie. It's not emotional. 
I, I about almost fell asleep. I couldn't pay. I couldn't like pay attention. Yeah. I couldn't keep my attention. Yeah, it was it was a frustrating frustrating watch, and a lot of that I think has to do with the way it was filmed. Yeah. Like you said, like that very shaky, handheld, tight in approach. It, I mean, it starts off with that right away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's very shaky. I mean, it's trying to create the sensation of being in that shuttle, of being in like one of the modules. I get it, but don't do that at home. Like when you're walking through the house. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It doesn't, it never drops or like sort of tempers that visual approach so every single shot is just rammed into someone's mm -hmm. face like it is wobbling <laughs> and it's i mean like you said i mean you know some of the actors don't look great it becomes hard to watch after a while and so i i agree with you I, by the midway point i was thinking okay this is this this is a good movie it's just not for me <laughs> but i was sort of hoping that it, it would get better of, well by the time he actually like got up into space and got to the moon it was sort of saving its big Wow moments. Yeah, I I thought that. How did you How did you feel about like the end on the moon, like the actual like visualization of the moon? That was cool. I mean, that the visualization, the visual effects, that was good. But did you feel like like an emotional like crescendo? No, as, no, no, no. I don't know. Maybe uh, towards the end, it was a what, two and a half hour long it's, movie. It's two and a half hours long. It, it could is, it yeah. could have been cut down thirty minutes because I felt like it was very choppy and I felt like it was not smooth and not like cut tight. I think you could have lost like an hour. <laughs> I think the ideal version of like what they're doing with this movie is like eighty minutes. Yeah, like with that handheld approach, like if you're not ever going to waver from that, cut it way down because you can't sustain it that long. Yeah, because it becomes wearying and it becomes monotonous and repetitive. That's that's kind of a word that sums it up best for me. It felt really repetitive. And maybe I would have liked to see... I mean, yes, this is obviously Man on the Moon. You know, he's the first man on the moon. But for me, an interesting perspective and what I would have loved to see was from the wife's perspective. Right. And, and more on the family, more on his two kids. You know, it was just kind of like, you know, he's got the oldest son and then his daughter dies... And then they're pregnant again. Yeah. So, and, and then, you know, and it pushes five years later and then they're all grown up. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, I would have rather maybe seen the, the turmoil and the things that she was going through. And maybe that was one of the things that I had a problem with Claire. Right. Is because I didn't really feel like her stress. I didn't feel her being genuinely scared for her husband's well-being. She has, she has like one, maybe one good scene where she's like yelling at the NASA guys, uh, saying like, you're all a bunch of boys. Yes. Like that scene, that's like the peak yeah, but she's emotional off. crescendo, yeah, I guess. She, that, that's she, as high as it gets. She's pissed off on that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's not like sad. That's not anything. She's pissed off because they shut, yeah. shut down the, the speaker. She does have the scene where she orders Ryan Gosling to tell his kids that he might not be coming back. Yes. I thought she was pretty strong in that scene. Yeah, uh, I'll where where, where on she's that. telling him to, you know, like you have to do this. But then like the scene that follows where he tells his kid It's very It's like uh, yeah. <laughs> like I don't even remember like what what happened. It was that forgettable. I mean, he was just it was very stoic. I mean, it just 
He just phoned it in. He was just re- I, I felt nothing from Ryan Gosling. I, th- I think it's his worst performance in a long time. Yeah. I mean, this guy was on the Mickey Mouse Club. So I'm not going to say it's his all-time worst. Oh, don't knock the Mickey Mouse Club. Come on. He, he's done a whole spectrum of things. You know, highbrow and lowbrow. But this is, uh, just in terms of, like, uh, effectiveness yeah. and uh, just commanding the screen, I mean, this is one of his weakest that I've seen. I kind of thought that he's chasing this Oscar. Like, he's 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 chasing it. And <laughs> you think so? Oh, yeah. Big time. Like, he <laughs> is chasing this bad boy. And it's kind of like the girlfriend who stalks the, the boyfriend and, like, texts him all the time. <laughs> and the boyfriend's not responding and thinks she's, like, a... It's like, lay off. Know, it's yeah. not going to happen. Let it go. <laughs> or it's not the right time, right. you know? Like, come on now. I mean, I get that they have a relationship with the director. He does. Yeah. Particularly. But I don't think that he was the perfect person for that role. When he loosens up on screen and something like The Nice Guys or something like Crazy Stupid Love, a movie I don't even like, but I like him in that, he has a lot of natural charisma. Even La La Land. Like, uh, absolutely, yeah. He was... I loved him in La La Land. He can, yeah, he can play light. He can play it funny and charming. But he, he dials that all, all down here. <laughs> Then again, I mean, maybe that was, you know, Neil Armstrong's persona. I, I'm sure it was uh, accurate to some degree. Like, that's what they, that's what they were after. I get movie. it. But then, you know, as an actor, you kind of make your own interpretations and you bring your own characterization and personality into a character. You can't just be the person you're portraying 100%. Or, or another approach is if you're the director and you realize that maybe your lead character is kind of a vacuum of charisma, you surround him with maybe some more colorful supporting characters yeah. to kind of just make it pop a little bit. But that, that did not happen. Everyone's kind of tamped down here. There was really also, I mean, because this was, I guess, back in the 60s and segregation, I mean, there was no um, it t- it diversity. It touches on that briefly. Yeah. There's that one, like, musical montage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Whitey's Gone to the Moon. <laughs> yes. Which is fine, I guess. Well, it touched on, you know, we're it's, spending, you know, we were in the war in Vietnam, and we're spending all of this money to send, you know, some dudes, some scientists up in space when no, we it's, were, the you know, sentiment our is, world and our, you know, United States needed that money more. The, the sentiment in that uh, sequence is definitely compelling, but the movie, it just it just kind of throws it in there it randomly. It throw it in there it's randomly. It's just like, okay, we're paying respect to diversity yeah. with this one sequence, and now we're, you know, on with the white we've man. We've tuned it in, or we've, on, like, with dialed Whitey it in. going yeah. up to space. Like, I, I get it. The like, movie, yeah, the movie wasn't really interested in, like, following that thread at all. What did you think of the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Claire? I mean, there there isn't any. <laughs> there, like we said, like Ryan Gosling really dials it all the way down. I don't yeah. think he gives her much to work with. I think I think she's doing what she can. But I don't I don't think Damien Chazelle and the movie is really that interested in her. It's really just interested in him. Um. <laughs> Our dog Bandit does not like this movie either. <laughs> And he's telling us he's being very vocal about it. He's kind of growling in the corner. He is growling in the corner. <laughs> he's he's telling us how he feels too. So bear in mind there there are <laughs> going to be growls. 
But yeah, I don't think Ryan Gosling had chemistry with, with anyone, really, in the movie. I think he did with his buddies. I mean, there were some, you know, with his buddies. And I think there was one scene where they were all around uh, the dinner table and they were all talking and he's he actually was... Smiling. Smiling right. and talking about, you know, what he did in college and, you know, kind of brought out a little bit more about him. And they don't really even go into, like, his or hers dealing with their daughter's death. They don't really touch on that at all. They do the the funeral. They cry. He gets an astronaut job. They move. They have another baby. That's pretty much, like, his dead daughter is pretty much the only emotional thread that the movie has. Yeah. I guess to its credit, which you mentioned earlier, there is that final moment where he kind of tosses her bracelet yeah. into the moon. I'm, ass I'm assuming that's historically accurate? I, I have no idea. <laughs> kind, of, I, I kind was, of speculating here? I was trying to look that up. I couldn't find anything. So if, but, if that was true or not. But that was, yeah, that's pretty much the only like emotional thread that the movie had. And that was, that, that was an effective moment at the end. Yeah. When he throws it off. Because you kind of, like you said, you, it, it doesn't really touch on it at all for most of the movie. And then in the end, it kind of reminds you like, hey, this happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is something that happened to yeah. this man. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the controversy right. um, with this movie. Um, a lot of people are upset about this movie because it doesn't show Neil Armstrong planting the flag in the moon. Right. Which is ironic because, like, like we've been saying, so much of the movie seems very, very much dedicated to realism and accuracy. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, like the planning of the flag, you know, even for someone like me who's not even that interested in space exploration, that's such an iconic image. It is. Along yeah. with, you know, one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. And Those two, hand in hand, like, I mean, they, they go hand in hand with yeah. this particular story. With this moment, Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely felt the same way. I felt like this could have been a really great moment in the movie to really have that iconic planting of the flag. And it would have maybe made the movie a little bit better. And I, I have no idea what's behind <laughs> the reason why he didn't go into planting the flag on the moon. I think purely because they have to sell this to countries uh, that are not American. And they feel like maybe that would be uh, an element that would be a turnoff to other countries. But history is history. It's true. It's like I'm not necessarily like offended as an American. I, just as a moviegoer, I, I could have used, you know, a memorable moment <laughs> in this unmemorable movie. Yeah. So, yeah, in a movie kind of void of memorable scenes, memorable moments, that that seemed like a slam dunk to kind of build up to. And the movie just kind of is not interested. They had them like digging something and, and having that moment, but not the moment of them actually putting the flag in there. Do and they show them like digging a hole? Like we're going to put something in yeah, here? Yeah. And, and they, they don't actually show yeah, it? Yeah. I forgot that. Wow. It, um, it was interesting. <laughs> it makes it really stupid then. Yeah. I mean, I feel like history is history. And if this movie wants to really go into what history was, it should have been accurate about that moment and not placate to other countries at the end of the day the u.s is the one that funded this mission the u.s is the one that built all of the you know the spacecraft and you know it's the u.s men not women not yet 
<laughs> the U.S. men. Right. That went up to up to space. I mean, this was a big patriotic, big patriotic moment for, for sure. our country. Yeah, in the time where it was mid Vietnam, like this was an iconic moment. Yeah, absolutely. It, it an should, iconic American moment yes. for sure. Which makes me wonder: Should Michael Bay have directed this movie? Because Michael Bay loves slow motion shots of the American flag. Well, at least he does like wide establishing <laughs> shots. I mean, and well, he at does. At least he can cut yeah. wide. And, and you know, Michael he can Bay. Use a tripod every yeah. Now then. He he does use a tripod. He also likes close ups on models' butts. Sure. You know, you know, we've already been there. I don't think Claire would have uh, went for that. If, if, well, I, if Michael Bay had directed it, I mean, at least plenty of American flags would have made it into the film. But so I. But I Michael, I mean, but you know, Michael Bay did shoot at NASA, the, the Port Canaveral. He's a very patriotic filmmaker. I mean, uh, all of his movies are just teeming with respect yeah. for military. He probably could have made this movie and made it a little bit more cinematic. I hate to say it, but Michael Bay. <laughs> I know. Michael like Bay would have been. I would have preferred this movie, this story directed by Michael Bay versus. The version we got by yeah. Damien Chazelle, and I have plenty of respect for Damien Chazelle, but his approach, oh, yeah. his approach to this did not work for me. He is a phenomenal filmmaker. And Very talented. I... He's the youngest uh, Oscar-winning director uh, in history. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly the, he's got some talent. This movie was his first non-musical... like well, his first studio number. Film. Everything well, else has been kind of independent. Well, I think too, like this is his first non-musical number. So, I mean, he didn't have the score. I mean, that was another thing about this movie. I didn't necessarily like the music. Not really. There wasn't no. any music. I mean, a lot of it's, it yeah, was it's like silence, background filler. It's yeah, it was not memorable. I, I think a good score could have done this movie a, a big, you know, big service. I mean. You know, it was produced by Spielberg. I mean, come on. Like, he is known for... Well, when you say, like, great score, that reminds me of Apollo 13. Yeah. Which, which uh, James Horner, rest in peace, James Horner did the score for that. And that is, I mean, that gets, like, a lump in your throat. I mean, that really does... The score alone just lifts your spirits and kind of... Uh, it gives you that feeling of soaring off into space. None of the elements yeah. <laughs> in this movie, in this space movie conveyed that that sort of feeling. I don't think Damien Chazelle wanted to convey that feeling, and I think that was a mistake. Yeah. I mean, convey it once. Yeah. <laughs> like, convey it at least once. <laughs> but, okay, so, yeah, it sounds like, you know, neither of us were a fan of this movie. <laughs> no, and, you know, I was looking over at you, Patrick, in the movie theater. You almost were, like, dozing in and out. That's not true. I'm always <laughs> very attentive. <laughs> You were bored. You had your little fidget gadget with you. I don't. I don't have a fidget gadget, so that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> it, it. It was. Yeah. Like I said. Like midway through, I kind of realized. Like, okay, this is a well-crafted movie, but it's not for me. It's not my kind of movie. But then by the end, I felt like, no, no, this is actually a bad movie. <laughs> like it. It actually has. It, it. It doesn't have good elements that come together to elevate it. It's just like an art piece. The way Damien Giselle shoots it, I respect. That what he was the budget it. on this movie? Sixty million, I think. Sixty million. That's and that's not bad. That is actually low budget in this day. Well, there's age. not a lot of like spectacle shots. It's really just like crammed in tight on that helmet, just shaking. Oh my god! 
Like that's 20% of the movie is just tight on Ryan Gosling's helmet while the camera shakes violently. <laughs> Big chunk of this movie. Like if that sounds like a fun experience that you want to buy a ticket to, then like don't, don't heed what we're saying. I don't recommend seeing this movie in theaters. I mean, maybe wait for it to come out on DVD and watch it on your couch. <laughs> um, but in what theaters, about, it, it, what about yeah. as a as a date movie? Is this mm. a good date movie? Well, no. You want to go to a date movie where you know there's chemistry. Where I mean, <laughs> this movie just where portrays, the people on screen have some chemistry. Yeah, but this movie portrays family like it's a second. <laughs> I don't know, second thought. Like, he just wants to be in space. Right. And that's all that he wants to do. <laughs> I he leaves his family at home all the time and, like, shows no affection for them when they're there. He gives the kids nothing. I read something online, um, the very final scene of the movie, when they see each other again. Yeah. Someone thought that, like, the next immediate scene was going to be her filing for divorce. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I think at the end, they did get divorced after 40 years. Real story. Real life. Well, this movie, I guess, accurately reflects yeah. a marriage on the rocks. So, for date night, probably not a good movie to see. No. You know, I, I think you'd be bored. I, I think you'd be disappointed. I think, you know, that's a $40 down the drain that you would have just lost and you would have been pissed <laughs> off about it. <laughs> You know, and again, I mean, this is, you know, our opinion. This is just our personal reaction. The movie's gotten good reviews, so... It, no, know, it's got critic reviews. It's got, yeah, critics like it. You know, I mean... On, critics doesn't necessarily my, go hand in hand with the regular audience. And I, I agree, and I frequently disagree. I mean, when critics are loving The Last Jedi and Dunkirk, I mean, those movies make me want to puke into a bucket. But, I mean, I, you know, on Letterboxd, I see a lot of uh, users logging four and five star reviews for this. Like, it's uh, like an immersive... Are they from Russia? (laughs) (laughs) Could be. (laughs) Just, yeah. I mean, just blame anything on Russia, really. Seriously. You know, we were going up against Russia and the space travel. I mean, we won. Yeah. That's 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 what this whole movie was about. Right. So that's um, that's First Man yeah. from Damien Giselle. This has been your host, Patrick Russell. And Ashley Russell. And thanks for listening. Till next time. Bye.